Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. Let's get into the latest in women's professional golf. This week, the LPGA will compete in a new tournament, the LPGA Drive-On Championship at Reynolds Lake Oconee in Georgia. So this is the second edition of the LPGA Drive-On Championship, as the first one was conducted at Inverness Club, my home club, in Toledo, Ohio, where Danielle King won. These have acted as additional playing opportunities for women since the pandemic has canceled much of their schedule. Typically, the LPGA would be competing in the Asian swing of tournaments right now. So on to our next topic. I recently read an article from Beth Ann Nichols in Golf Week about several European Solheim Cup players, including Carlota Singanda, Georgia Hall, and Charlie Hull, who are competing in back-to-back events in Saudi Arabia this November. While the men have competed in Saudi tournaments, this is the first time women will tee it up in the country that has massive discriminatory laws against women. Most recently, women were just allowed to drive cars and travel abroad legally without permission from their male guardian. So I just find it kind of mind-blowing. But when the men were in Saudi Arabia, they drew a lot of criticism, but I feel particularly uneasy about the women competing there. I understand that women are always seeking playing opportunities, but I can't imagine a league like the WNBA competing in Saudi Arabia because they simply wouldn't stand for it. Bethann featured Mel Reed in this article, who shared that she will not compete in Saudi Arabia as she doesn't feel comfortable playing there, but holds nothing against those who do. Mel publicly stated she is gay um, about two years ago, and same-sex relationships are illegal in Saudi Arabia. So her quote said, I don't think it would be morally correct if I played. I don't agree with a lot of the culture. It's not something I want to be around, not something I want to risk. So I'm, I'm just really curious about this. And um, the tournaments will be in November. And yeah, I just, it, it's so interesting to listen about like sports activism in so many other leagues and other sports. Um, but golf, it just doesn't, doesn't have the same impact. So it's just interesting. But to end on a lighter note, before we get to our interview, we are excited to see LPGA players Daniel Kang and Lexi Thompson be included in a new set of trading cards from Upper Deck. They'll be alongside Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, and others. While I'm not much of a trading card collector, I'm pumped to see Danielle and Lexi included in the deck, which will be the first time the cards have been released since 2014. Now, enough of the news. Our next Ladies of Golf interview is with Jill Spiegel, Senior Vice President of Merchandising for PJ Tour Superstore. Jill was fundamental in tripling PJ Tour Superstore brick and mortar locations, as well as the e-commerce store. Her and I talked about her experiences at Belk and Macy's, as well as how they support smaller golf brands getting into national PJ Tour Superstores. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, thank you so much to Jill for joining me today. Um, Jill is joining from outside of Atlanta, but we are going to start with your quick nine and then we'll get into it. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Okay. So what is a snack that you like to have when playing golf? Uh, Green apple. Okay. What's part of your daily routine that you can't go without? Uh, Some form of exercise whether it's running, Peloton, TRX, or golf. I just feel like it gets me focused and, and ready to go for the day. 
Love it. Your favorite social media channel? Instagram. Favorite piece of golf apparel? That's easy. A dress. It's easy. Specifically, my Nike Navy dress. It's like one piece of apparel. You put it on. You feel feminine. It's fashionable. Just nothing better than a dress. Totally agree. Um, Last book you read? Uh, Good Company, which is the new book that our our owner just came out with, Arthur Blank. Oh, awesome. The last podcast you listened to? Um, I listened to The Daily. It's a New York Times podcast, and they just did one um, on Amy Coney Barrett. So it was really good. It's always very current, and um, I, I tend to listen to that on my way to work. That's that that one's part of my daily routine. <laughs> um, the last show you watched? Um, Ozarks. Ozarks. So we, we, my husband and I started that during the pandemic. Everyone was talking about it because at the time season three was coming out and um, we had only made it halfway through season one. So we got hooked on that. And now I'm, I'm sad that I powered through it because it's done for the moment. Right now you don't have anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you prefer the driving range or playing nine? Oh, nine for sure. Much more fun. I probably need to spend more time on the driving range, but I prefer nine. It's, it's more social and just a lot of, a lot of fun. Good time to be with friends or family. Totally. And what is the proudest moment so far of your career? Um, really being part of this team that has quadrupled the company in less than a decade. You know, when I started, we had we had 10 stores. The company had just opened our Denver store and we now have 44 um, going on 45. So um, I would say that's been the proudest moment. Also um, developing my team. You know, when I started, I had a small team of about 11 and now we're up to 30. And, you know, early on, I was told you're only, you're only as good as the, the people that work for you. And no one ever really said a truer word than that. So really proud of both of those things. Fantastic. And, and we're going to dive a little closer into your career now. So you, you know, you've, you've had this wonderful career in merchandising with experiences as at massive businesses like Macy's and Belk. Do you mind sharing how you entered the retail industry? No. So I, um, I went to school at Michigan state and my sister was actually in retail. She lived in Atlanta and she worked for riches, which was a, which was a division of federated department stores, which is now Macy's a lot of mergers in, in that industry. And I was an advertising major and I was coming down to visit her for spring break. And she suggested, um, she goes, well, why don't you just interview with the company? They have a great training program. Um, and so I did, I, um, I interviewed and I got a job offer and I wasn't hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. So I gave it a whirl and, you know, 35 years later, I'm still in retail and, um, I loved it. And retail is one of those things that's, you know, it's kind of a love or hate thing and, and it's, it's in my blood and, um, I love it. And today it doesn't really feel like work. It, it, it did at one point in my career, but, um, you know, it's what I do and I like it. It's a people industry. Um, and the, the beauty about retail, it, you know, it's especially what I do, it involves creativity, a lot of analytics. And, but at the end of the day, it's mostly about, about people. So it, it's been a great career for me. And, um, you know, and I'm glad I kind of fell into it because I've really loved it. 
Yeah, I um, I recently graduated from Northwestern's uh, marketing program at Medill and I had to take a shopper marketing course. And I was like, if I didn't go into journalism originally, I feel like I really loved this because like you said, it totally is about people and their interests and their love for, for the things that they engage with and they buy because that like that's such a passion thing. So I, I was what you just said, I was like, oh, that's so true. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a fun industry. It's a lot of hard work, um, long hours, especially early on, but um, it's, it's fun. It's been great. How have um, those experiences now played into your leadership at PJ Tour Superstore? Well, it's interesting. You know, I, was at, I was at Federated slash Macy's for 24 years, and okay. um, you know, the industry was consolidating and everything was moving to New York. And my family, you know, my younger kids, and we didn't want to move to New York at the time. And we loved raising our family in Atlanta, um, part of a great community. So I, I went to belt department stores for a couple of years. And after I'd been there for a couple of years, um, I had a couple of people tell me about this position um, at the PGA Tour Superstore. And honestly, I hadn't heard of the company. Okay. Um, so I was somewhat intrigued because I've always been an athlete. I was, you know, I swam in college. I, I'm a runner. And I was a little bit of a golfer as a teenager, so I was intrigued, and it was a good opportunity to combine my passions, you know, my passion for, for sports and retail together. And so I interviewed with Dick, and I interviewed with um, Arthur Blank, um, Dick Sullivan's our CEO, president and CEO. And, um, you know, the company was new, and, and it was small, but I decided to go for it. You know, when I interviewed with both of them, I was, was really intrigued. Um, you know, Arthur Blank is like a legend in Atlanta. So the chance to work for one of his organizations was great. And, and what was so much fun about it, Abby, is, you know, when I had left Belkin and Macy's, um, you know, we had two to 300 locations. So they were big, big companies. So to come to a company that was small and only had 10 locations at the time, it was really you kind of felt like you were working for, for a startup. Mm -hmm. Dick and Arthur had just gotten involved, um, you know, less than two years prior to me joining. And so and the company was struggling at the time and, and they had done a good job, you know, getting it, you know, starting to turn around. And so it was really fun to be part of that and to build a team. And you don't appreciate, you know, the background or the experience that you have working for one of those big companies until you come somewhere small again. Sure. And um, it's really easy to make a difference and to kind of see what needs to be done. So I loved that and, and I wouldn't change it for anything. And, you know, I think when you're with a big company, it's great too, but you kind of stay in your lane more. And so working for the PGA Tour Superstore, I've been able to get involved in all aspects of the business. Whereas in the past, you were, you were kind of in your lane. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about real estate. I've, I've just learned about so many different things. And we all, you know, we all work really closely together. So that's just been, that's just been fantastic. And, um, you know, and today we're, we're a big company now. And um, it was just, it was, it was great to be part of that growth and, and to be able to bring some of the experience I had into an industry that I didn't really know. But at the end of the day, it was retail. So same, those same skills apply. Sure. Of course. Of course. Um, so you did mention that you played golf as a teenager. Did you stick with it at all? Or did, did working for PGA Tour Superstore bring you back into the game? Really, it brought me back. So I grew up, um, my parents were both avid golfers. You know, my, they could not go on a vacation and not somehow make golf part of it. It's funny, when I was doing a scrapbook for them, every vacation picture I found, like they were posed on a golf course. 
So my mom encouraged me, you know, I was a swimmer and a runner and I spent my life doing that. And she's like, you really need to learn golf. You know, it's a great life skill. You may need it later in life one day. So, you know, I joined the four holers at our local club and the nine holers. And, and then when I graduated from college and started my career and started a family, you know, golf takes up a lot of time and I didn't have time for it. So I kind of put it on the back burner. Um, and then when I started this job, obviously I was exposed to golf a lot more. Um, when I started, I had just the soft goods side of the business, which was apparel and footwear. Okay. So not as much, you know, opportunity to play golf, but as my job evolved and I picked up all of it and I picked up equipment, there were a lot of opportunities to, you know, to play golf. So I knew I needed to take it more seriously. I love it. You know, I've always been athletic and, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. And the beauty about golf, as you know, is all different levels can play together. And, and obviously I work with all people who are very good golfers. And at first I was extremely intimidated. I hadn't had a golf club in my hand for 30 years, but you know, a 30 handicap golfer can go out there with a two handicap golfer, you know, as long as you know, the rules, you know, the etiquette, you know how to keep up, which is, which is not that hard. You know, golfers are welcoming and, and they're so encouraging of, of new golfers. So um, that's, that's been a lot of fun. And so I, I'm thrilled to be playing again. Um, I now have my husband into it. Um, we joined a club a couple of years ago. So COVID has given him the opportunity to play a lot more. So it's really become a part of our lifestyle. And, um, you know, I'm really glad that this, this career move has led me back to the game because it's just, you know, it's, it's addicting, as you know. Yes. Um, a lot of people will say that playing golf is, is good for like business relationships and, and obviously health and wellness, but have you experienced at all a point where, where golf did help you expose yourself to other people in your company or other brands in any way? Definitely. I would say um, both internally and externally, um, even more so with our, with our vendor partners, you know, you're out there for four or five hours. Um, they're all good golfers, so they don't play nine holes, they play 18, so you got to figure out a way to make that work, but definitely, I mean, you learn so much about people, you know, four or five hours of golf, dinner afterwards, so it's been really good for building relationships and getting to know people, not just professionally, but personally, too, learning about their families, you know, learning about their hobbies, what do they do outside of work, so it's been great, and the golf industry is, you know, it's really made up of a lot of very nice people. So um, that's just a benefit. And I think it's, it's been a, a huge, huge positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think the, the industry has come a long way, especially when it comes to women in leadership roles or just women within different companies. Um, but of course, at the same time, there is still like that gap. You know, I used to work at Titleist and the president of golf balls is Mary Lou Bones. So like that's so exciting to have a woman at like such a high level at that company. It's world renowned. Um, but, but there are still a lot of, you know, there's a gap that we need to fill still. Um, I was just wondering, you know, what sort of advice do you typically give to women who, who want to reach that pinnacle of their career? Yeah, you know, I agree with you. There's, there's not enough women, especially in leadership roles, but I, I do see that starting to change. Um, I know Mary Lou very well too, and, and um, she's, she's been a great business partner of mine. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it comes down to the basic principles, you know, work hard, learn as much as you can. And, you know, when you, when you work in a sports industry and specifically golf, if you're not a golfer, it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, if 
if you don't participate in the sport. So of course I encourage everyone who works for me, especially the women, I'm like, learn the sport, get out there. You don't have to be an avid golfer. Um, but I also tell them you were hired for a reason. You know, you weren't hired because you're a great golfer. You were hired because you know a lot about retail. You have a lot of experience. And that, that's what we need to make our company great. It's a benefit if you know it. Um, you know, I also tell them, even if you're not a golfer, learn the sport, become a fan of the sport, become a follower of the sport, you know, watch the majors over the weekend. You got to know what's going on. You know, if, if you're purchasing the product or what the customers are buying, you have to know what they're wearing. You have to know what equipment they're playing with. Um, you know, it's funny. I remember my first, when I, when I picked up hard goods and I went to my first, one of my first meetings um, out in California, I walked into a big Callaway meeting and I think there were 40 people in the room, Abby, and, and I literally was the only woman and wow. and that can be a little bit intimidating but I just I you know did a little self-talk and I said all right you know that's okay you know Dick Dick Sullivan hired you because you know you know retail and and that's he didn't hire you for your golf skills sure so you just have to you have to have that confidence and you know just make sure that you're you're sharing that you're being heard and and don't shy away that just just because you're not you're not a golfer yourself um but like I said, it's important to know the industry and, and know what, what drives the trends and what's going on. Definitely. Yes. I, uh, I am not a good golfer per se. I have a high handicap, but I am passionate about it and I love it and can have at least a conversation about it. So that, that typically gets me by. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, same, same with me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> How have you seen the industry change, whether it's, you know, people playing or equipment or apparel? How have you seen it change since starting at the PGA Tour Superstore to today? Anything stick out? Um, well, I would say on the equipment side, a lot has changed. Um, you know, the OEMs are always investing and spending heavily in R&D. Um, you know, and every time new equipment is launched, it's better than the prior, the prior generation. Um, there was a cycle prior to me having hard goods where the vendors were flooding the market with new products mm. too quickly. So if you had just purchased product, you felt like your new driver that you just spent $400 on was already outdated. So they really, they've slowed the product life cycle a bit, which I think is healthier for the industry in general. Um, and then on the apparel and footwear side of the business, I, I think what's really changed and continues to change it's much more about fashion today than it was 10 years ago. You know, who would have thought that you could wear a blade collar, you know, to a country club? I think sometimes, you know, people still, they'll go to a traditional place to golf and they'll be wearing a mock or a blade and, and they'll, they'll get a few looks. But, you know, people are wearing what the players are wearing and um, it's not to have fashion and half fashion in there. It's more than just a cotton polo shirt and khaki pleated pants. It's, you know, it is all about those trends and, and having newness. And it's interesting because, you know, when, when we came back post-COVID and, and the tour started to come back, well, first of all, you know, when, when this all happened, the pandemic, and we started to open our stores back up, the equipment in, in that side of the business was much healthier than apparel and footwear. And when the tour came back and people were watching golf again, the apparel and the footwear side of the business started to pick up because people are, are paying attention to what the players are wearing and they, you know, and, and they take note and they might want what, you know, Rory's wearing um, or Tiger, whoever it may be. So um, I, I think that definitely drives the business. Interesting. And, and, and 
you know, and, ha and has a lot of influence footwear too. I mean, you, you see what those players are wearing and it's, we are in and out of that product the minute it hits our shelves. Nike does a good job with that. You know, they do these little energy drops, drops around the major tournaments and, you know, that product is gone in minutes. Yeah, I am certainly grateful. Well, I would say those are probably the most significant changes. Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly grateful that the fashion um, has evolved, <laughs> um, whether it's being, you know, more sporty and athletic, even for on the women's side, to being more mm -hmm. fashionable and at least at least paying homage to what is trendy nowadays. Because <laughs> yeah. it can get tough. <laughs> Yeah, I can. And, you know, yeah. And, and I think the vendors as a whole are doing a much better job. Um, yeah. You know, we used to go to apparel meetings at, at certain, you know, at certain places and, you know, you would have a, me, um, a men's, men's designer designing women's product. And, you know, we always joke, you know, pink it and shrink it. And that's not what it's about. You know, women, we want, we want fashion and, and we don't want to look like we're wearing a dumbed down men's pair of shoes or a men's polo. So it's really important that, um, you know, that these manufacturers are, are hiring the right designers. And I, and I think they're doing a very good job of that, especially these days. Yeah. I loved your comment about that. Your favorite um, apparel item is a golf dress. I, a golf dress, it's feminine, but you can still be just as athletic in it. Um, and I do feel like most of the you know, larger golf apparel brands are bringing those into the forefront. Um, I definitely try to try to get one every time I see one. Mm -hmm. um, they're trending. They're trending right now. So yeah, now's the chance. Got to pick them up. <laughs> With um, PGA Tour Superstore being such a larger big box company, how do you guys do you guys interact ever with smaller brands that you know maybe don't have um, that maybe need you guys almost to to get the word out about who they are? Do you ever bring in smaller brands, and how does that work? I think that's a really good question. Um, and yes, the big brands are massive and do a huge percentage of the business. Sure. But we really pride ourselves on our assortments and having breadth of assortment, not just narrow and deep. Because, you know, we have customers that come into our stores two, three times a week. So you always want to have newness on your shelves. And in those big brands, um, they do a lot of business, but you never know what the next big brand is going to be. You know, Under Armour wasn't even around in this channel 10 years ago. And mm. a few years ago, they were our number one brand in men's apparel. So it's it's always moving a little bit. And I have two apparel merchants, one for men's and one, one for women's who I've known for a long time, who have a lot of apparel background. So, you know, they're on social media, they go to the PGA show, they're reading the trend publications, they're on top of, of what's new. And they're risk takers and they're willing to try new brands. And we have some smaller brands in our store right now that are doing really well that are new, you know, in men's, we have Bill Murray, which is, which mm -hmm. is small and it, and it's, and it's doing really well. And you never, unless you test, test and you take a risk, um, you're never going to know what the, the hottest new thing is. And customers, we're selling a lot of new brands and new products and customers want that, you know, they don't want to be wearing the same thing that everybody else is wearing. And, if you try something and it doesn't work, then you move on and you try the next, the next thing. Um, but, but I'm lucky to have two such experienced people. They know how to go about that. Um, and it is fun to work with a, with a smaller brand who's just getting started and, 
you know, they don't have the resources, they don't have the infrastructure, um, but they have a great idea and, it, and it's fun to help put some of those companies on the map and you, and you want them to be successful. You know, sometimes there's growing pains and, but, um, but it's a partnership. And, and so we love doing that. You know, if the product's right, then we are all about trying newness. Oh, I love it. That's so fun. Um, I, the, I like just came across this question as you were speaking. If I was like a brand new golfer and I was going to come to PGA Tour Superstore and like, I don't even know where to start. Like, you know, say I, I don't need, maybe I don't need equipment, but I like, I'm like, I need something to wear. It's my first time like playing in an event and I want to like look good. And what would you recommend to somebody who was like entering the store for the first time and, and needed that like outfits? <laughs> well, you know, the way we structure our stores is, you know, we have experts on all sides of the business. So you have, you know, you have fitters that are over there selling golf equipment. And then we have, we have, you know, specialists that work in the apparel and the footwear department. So I would just seek out one of our associates and, you know, tell them what your, tell them what your style is. Like you said, you like to wear a dress. You're probably more updated. You know, if it's an older customer who's more traditional, the brands all have their own niche. So I think really just letting that sales associate know what your style is and then they can guide you in the right direction. You know, some ladies want a longer skirt, some, you know, younger want a little bit of a shorter skirt. So really kind of letting them know what your style is and then they'll work with you and help you. You know, we have, we have so many brands to choose from, but they're all different, you know, and, and we have good, better, best. You know, some people want to spend $20 on a shirt and some people have no price barrier. They'll spend up to, you know, over a hundred dollars. So we have to take all those different things into account. And because our stores are so big and we have such a big assortment, we really want to cater to everybody um, because, you know, we have customers that start in our stores as juniors and they leave our stores when, you know, they're retiring or, you know, post-retirement. So we, you know, we have a lot of different types of customers coming into the store and we have to be able to serve all of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, good to know that it's okay to enter the store, ask for help and, and you'll get it. <laughs> Yeah, and it can be it can be overwhelming, especially mm -hmm. if you know our stores are big and we have a lot of product. And if you're new to the game, there's so many intimidating things about golf, and we're trying to break those barriers. So, you know, just ask, and you know, we really, um, you know, I said we pride ourselves on our our you know our vast assortments, but most importantly, we pride ourselves on our people. Um, we have really experienced, great people working in our stores, and. Um, they can really break down those walls and make it inviting for a new golfer. Um, you know, very, very welcoming. And, and that's what really separates us, we think, from our competitors is the strength of our associates. Fantastic. Well, I, you know, every um, interview that I do, I do try to end it with the same question, which is what advice do you have for women who are looking to pick up the game? Um, a few things, you know, approach it as an opportunity to have fun and relax because, you know, you and I just talked about it. Golf can be intimidating, but, you know, don't worry about that and find other, um, other women or men or whoever it might be that also might be new to the game. You know, if you don't go out there and you whiff or, you know, you don't do it quite right, it, it, makes, it, it makes it a little bit more comfortable. Um, go to a driving range, get a feel for the game, um, you know, find some friends who are interested in learning. I have so many girlfriends who are not golfers 
um, just in the last six months that have said to me, you know, everyone's golfing, you know, it's a great way to get outside. Nine holes of golf is the equivalent of walking two and a half miles. So you're outdoors, the weather is beautiful. You're getting exercise, you're learning a sport. There's just so many positives to it, Abby. And um, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, and the other thing I would say is, and I've experienced this myself is stick with it um, yeah. because it is hard and you know, you can get frustrated, but if you, if you play a little bit and then you walk away and you come back six months later, I found this every time you're walking up onto that first tee box, you're intimidated. So the more you can do it, the more comfortable you get. And it's okay if you're not very good. Everybody's was a beginner at one time. And so just stick with it because the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you don't feel like you're starting over every time, um, every time you get out there. But we're seeing a lot of, you know, we're seeing a lot of new people come into the game. Um, you know, the pandemic has, you know, has people are working from home, they have more time on their hands. Um, you know, there's not a lot of other distractions, um, you know, like kids activities and other things. So we're seeing not only a lot of women come into the game, but we're seeing a lot of people who used to play come back to the game. So it's really been, it's as unfortunate as it all is, it's been really, um, it's really been great for the game of golf. And it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun to see so many people out there month after month, you know, three months in a row now, we've had record rounds of golf reported. Um, so it's, you know, you, you have the avid golfers, but you have a lot of beginner and beginners that are going to become avid golfers here very shortly. Right, right. I know it's been so yeah. fun. You don't have to be an expert to be an avid golfer. Yes. Um, Definitely. Not at all. Um, yeah, it's been fun to see people at least just interested in, in playing outside and, and wanting to pick it up, even just trying it out. But I definitely agree with you. You can't just like do it once and then be like, okay, I'm an expert. Like it's, you have to kind of give it some love and, and care and, and continue to play. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, this was, it was so nice to meet you and, and learn more about PJ tour superstore and, and everything you guys are offering. If people are looking for locations, do you just go to like your website? Yeah, we have a great website, a great e-com business, PGA tour superstore.com. Um, we have locations all over the country. You know, we're opening five or six more stores in the next year. Wow. Um, so yeah, we have a store locator on there and, and you know where to shop. We have a great website. Um, if you don't live in a market where we have a store, um, but if you do definitely get out there. Um, it's a great experience. You know, I have friends that spend two to three hours in, in our stores at any given time. So it's like Disneyland, you know, Disneyland for golfers. So right. It's a great experience and, and um, yeah, definitely encourage people to get out there and see it. It was awesome. nice meeting you too, Abby. I, I appreciate this opportunity and, and getting to know you a little bit. Yeah. I wish you a lot yeah. of luck. Definitely. And we'll, we'll have to figure out a way to, to bring some For the Ladies participants to a store and, and have a little event. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I saw some of your events. We would love to do that with you next year. Oh, awesome. Okay. That. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E.